This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com slash ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com slash ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal, but I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. Hi, and welcome to this week's Pick of the Week podcast. Uh, every week at iFanboy, we do a Pick of the Week, which reviews the best comics that we read that week, and now we're doing it over audio. I'm here with my two iFanboy uh, creators and, and, and 
collaborators, uh, Ron. Howdy. And Connor. How's it going? We're all doing pretty well. Oh, good. Anyway, we should get on with it, I guess. Uh, this week, Ron's got the pick of the week. It's uh, November 11th, and uh, take it away. All right. Well, I had a big week this week. I actually bought uh, 10 books, and uh, surprise, surprise, I chose House of M the day after number one, uh, one shot, which is the follow-up to the House of M uh, crossover that just occurred this past summer, and it's kicking off Marvel's next crossover called Decimation. Uh, basically, this is kind of kicking off the the results of or the consequences of the House of M crossover, which is now decimated the Marvel population, um, Marvel mutant population from several million to about 200. Uh, one of the reasons why this book stuck out for me was, um, and as I, if you go to ifanboy.com and read my review, you'll see that um, I used to love the crossovers uh, that Marvel used to do back in the 80s, um, Atlantis Attacks and... Um, you know the the Asgard War and things like that because it was. I believe it's Asgard. Asgard is a whole other kind of thing. <laughs> That's a good point. Is it Asgard? Yeah, Asgard. Yeah. Um, but anyway, the 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 gathering of all the heroes and the characters into one kind of storyline was you know when you're getting into it into comics for the first time was just kind of like this whole bigger world than just the one issue that you normally read. Um, but unfortunately. Um, the marketing folks at comics got a hold of that and realized that sales were better when they did a crossover, and so the 90s just had crossover after crossover after crossover to the point where we mock them and make fun of them now. Um, but um, this one stood out for me a little differently because it was written by um, the old man in the sea from Marvel, Chris Claremont, um, and who you know has historically been one of the best, if not the best, X-Men writer. Um, from you know Dark Phoenix Saga and all the stuff in the 80s that is now famous, um, and that he has not been able to recreate ever since coming back to Marvel um, a couple of years ago. But uh, the reason why this one felt different is because it really f- had that kind of sense of urgency and desperation, and and I don't, I don't want to be cheesy. And I say that's magic, what we were talking but... about Chris Claremont's career: urgency and desperation. <laughs> Maybe it's coming out in that, but um, it's just it's just that like the thing about what Claremont wrote in the '80s was that it was you know the X Men were always on the brink of falling apart and you know definitely being hunted down and and you know being close to being annihilated and you got you really felt that and now after this you know what Bendis did in House of M by wiping out all the mutants um, and this is basically like the day after where they're looking at all they're they're trying to take a uh, a census of all the mutants to see who lost their powers and who still has their powers and give them um, you know open up the the school in Westchester to any mutants who need you know uh, sanctuary did anybody notable no, uh, notable lose their powers yeah, actually, there there was one spread. Um, a couple, I think, in the within the first ten pages, it was a two page spread in the war room when uh, Cyclops had the whole team looking, and on the big screen behind them is a whole bunch of characters, and some had depowered over their faces, and some didn't. Um, the biggest one that kind of jumped out, the two biggest ones that jumped out at me, and literally big, in that the Blob lost his powers, um, and so he there's a scene that was a of him. Pun. So is he thin now? <laughs> did you just pun? <laughs> I did. Pun. I know we're it new at this, but you are not to pun. I'm sorry. Is he thin? Um, is he thin? Is that what happened? Yeah, the, what happened was you know how when you know how <laughs> Sounds you know like how when really for him. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know when really fat people lose weight and then oh, they their got all skin their skin all hangs it down like that? Yeah, that's what that's what they did to him. So all wait, only the down. fat under the skin was his mutant power. The rest of it was just regular mortal stuff. The skin was that's mortal, not a mutant power. He just really liked donuts. <laughs> he just <laughs> that was he's just this is covering up. He got the gastro surgery. 
He got stapled at the same time it happened. He's like, oh, yeah, I lost my powers. Well, it was actually really sad because it's in the first two pages. They show the blob, and he's got all the extra skin, and he's trying to cut through the skin with a knife to kill himself, and he can't cut through the skin because there's too much of it. He's too fat to die. Kind of sad. Didn't, yeah. didn't, didn't, wasn't he a bad guy? Yeah, he was a bad guy. But he's not now. Guy. Well, no, it's, it's just showing that it, it doesn't matter good or bad. You can feel bad for bad guys. He's a bad yeah. guy. I don't want to feel bad yeah. for him. He tried to kill people. Who was the other yeah, person well, who lost their powers? Uh, Jubilee. Oh, so what? Yeah. Jubilee lost her powers. She can't no more create little fireworks with her fingers anymore? No more paths, as they were they were called. Path. Come on, she... But, um, and there's actually a sad scene of her in, in the original mall where we first met her, you know, 15 years ago. Actually, and, that issue. And she, um, yeah, and she's going to call Wolverine on her cell phone. It says Logan, but she, she can't actually dial it, and then she cries. And that was Why it. can't she dial it with that part of an activated cell phone, or it's she was, too um, difficult for her to dial? No, she was just she was she was too embarrassed, and she was saying just uh, grow up and deal with it. So, so, um, but anyway, it it really you know it really felt like you know the an X Men book out of nineteen eighty eight or so, and um, whether or not Claremont can actually keep it going in the other books, or if they keep this momentum, um, remains to be seen. But for a moment, it it kind of it really made me feel like I used to feel reading an X Men book. So. That was why I liked it. I'd like to applaud you for going out on a limb and picking an, X- <laughs> an X-Men book for Pick of the Week. Written by yeah. Chris Claremont, because that's it, that's wading deep out into the far end of the pool. It's pretty much as you know predictable as it can get. It's like yeah. me but, but, picking yeah. a Batman book. Right, exactly, but honestly, but it, it was the best book of the week. I mean, it was. I mean, all, all the. It seems as if the other nine books I bought, with the exception of Infinite Crisis, were just crap. Um. Although New Excalibur was good, but that was also written by Claremont and is X Men. So, was anything good because it did something new? Or, I mean, your criteria to me, it seems to me that if if it oh if it recaptures it, then that's good, as opposed to if it's something new. True. I mean, but if, I am a bit more sentimental than um, groundbreaking, if anything. Right. So, that could be that could tie into it. Not my fl- not my taste. Right, right. But no, but but even then, I mean, like, nothing really new happened in any of the, you know, in any of the other books I read. Oh, yeah. I mean, nothing, you know, nothing, you know, not every book kind of is earth-shattering, so, unfortunately. Here's the deal with Chris Claremont. Let me tell you about Chris Claremont. Uh, I almost ran him over with a car. <laughs> uh, I swear it is not because he was so bad in the 90s. Isn't but isn't it like more like you've almost run run him over several times? Well, here's the thing: Chris Claremont's number two on my list of famous people I've almost killed with a car. Uh, <laughs> number one being Spike Lee, who I almost ran over with a really big truck uh, when I was 22. Uh, well, you can was, hardly see him down there. Well, that that was the thing; I could barely see him. I just saw his head sticking out, and I was uh, turning. I just on saw a little Fifth X Avenue. cap go by. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> then, then a few years ago, I was driving through my neighborhood, and he he happens to live in. My neighborhood, and I almost hit him. It, it should almost, also be but... noted that Connor, when he drives, is usually completely plastered. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I had a little <laughs> bit of liquid lunch. He had a bottle in each hand, and was it's noon somewhere. <laughs> I figured I could get my revenge, uh, but close. I almost got him. And you know, there, and there was a time where I would, I would say, "Why didn't you hit him?" <laughs> but I wouldn't wish that on anyone. But um, he, he definitely has gone over the deep end. Uh, you know, in his old age. I just remember the first time that I went to San Diego, and he was, like, on the panels, and I was like, oh, wow, look, it's Chris Claremont. And then, like, he was just this man who kept talking about paying his bills and his mortgage. And that's the only thing he means. Like, but, I mean, he'd sort of delve off into really, like, deep 
X-Men talk and then discuss how that didn't exist anymore and then go, but I gotta pay my mortgage somehow. The pricey <laughs> neighborhood he lives in. Well, <laughs> yeah, not everybody can live in Park Slope, right? Hey. <laughs> but um, but I mean, these guys. I mean, these guys who write it. I mean, they're just names and these great stories to us. But you go to the panels and you see they're just like every. You know, you go to the conventions and they're just like everybody else. They're it's not just, just like everybody else. Do you remember the shirt well. that Marv Wolfman had on? <laughs> no, what was it? It was. I think he had a Wolverine like printed shirt, but it was like way big and kind of unbuttoned and. I mean, guys, you know, that's not just everybody else. That's They're comic. Like, sometimes they're, you, like, you're surprised to see that they're, like, old fanboys. Right. Like that one, what's the, what's her name? The wife who thought Mark that Wade. Joe Quesada was a, was oh. an anti-Semite. I mean, that oh, ain't like, oh, oh, Patty Cockrum. Patty, Patty Cockrum. Cockrum, yeah. Yeah. That ain't right. I suppose. Right. Let's talk I'll, about I'll crossovers, give that. huh? <laughs> crossovers, perhaps. Well, yeah. The, yeah well, here's the, my point. It, I had seven books this week. Uh, four, four of them involved a crossover of some kind. That's just wow. it's getting ridiculous. Would you like to Would you like to know how many of my books had I bought them this week involved a crossover? Uh, no. That's none. I don't buy crossover books. I I but avoid Gotham them. Central I... this week is a crossover book. Damn, really? What's and a crossover? And there you go, book? you fail. Uh, Infinite Crisis. <laughs> I haven't bought it yet. I could still not. Well, well, that's the that's the question with the crossover. Is that how much do you buy into it? Do you are you able to just read the books you normally buy, whether they're in it or not, or do you feel the need to buy every book in the crossover? When I was a if, kid, it was definitely every you know. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. But now I no. I gotta eat. If the you, book that I regularly buy, I yawned. Are we, keep, are we keeping you awake? Is, apparently not. <laughs> no, do you got it's very dark in <laughs> this. Take a nap. Uh, if the book that I regularly buy, for example. Is a crossover, but that crossover has nothing to do with the storyline that was currently in progress. I would not buy the book. How would you know without reading it? I'm saying if I had some way of knowing ahead of time. But if I bought a book that it was part of a crossover, I wasn't, I wasn't reading or whatever. And like I'm at home and I start reading, I'm like, what the hell is this? It has nothing to do with Dead Robins. Uh, I would be upset after the fact. Well, you'll be all right with Gotham Central. I mean, it is, it's, it's pretty heavily involved in the storyline. I mean, but sometimes they put that label, that crossover label, on the front of it, like. But there's really only a page in there where, like, one of the characters walks across, like, an no, area well, where... well, in this sense, the entire thing is, is crossed over, but it's mostly character stuff, so you'll be fine. Well, you, you see, that, and that's the thing about the crossovers, because there's, there's, this week, there were, you know, I had three crossovers, which is, the, you know, the Decimation stuff, and the um, Infinite Crisis, and then the Spider-Man one. And the Infinite Crisis in DC seems to be hitting every book, so there's really, unless you get every book, there's no way to, you know, pick and choose... But like in the Spider-Man one, they're actually showing well, like each one is part four. Like this one was part four of twelve. Let's talk about how awful that one was. Um, yeah, it was so bad. Not not the book itself, which was awful, but the fact that this is a new Spider-Man book they're launching. Uh, it's, you know, it's usually a big. That's usually a big deal. And this is issue two of that book, and it's already. This is issue two of Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man, but it's issue four of the Evolve or Die crossover, which I don't even know what that is or what it involves. But I'm I signed on for this new Spider-Man book, and now. We you know month two I'm already stuck in this lost. Crossover. Who's doing this book? Well, for issue one was written by Peter David, but then issue two is written by Reginald Hudlin. Wasn't he the dad on Family Matters? No. <laughs> you know I, the scary thing is is I think he looks like the dad on Family Matters. What was that guy's name? <laughs> Sorry, that is um, that's, that is not germane to the conversation. But doesn't I mean that's 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 silly. I mean you're you're launching this new book and then you automatically toss people out off the track in the second issue. Yeah. 
Well, and I, I'm also I have I, I mean as much as I enjoyed you know the the X Men book, I have a, a large problem with going from one crossover right into the next crossover. Like just you know give some breathing room, make it into an event, not an everyday thing. It's really just one big crossover. It's basically what it well, is. Well, this is I what mean, I mentioned on the website. I mean, it's... Cataclysm and Aftershock were the same. True, true. Mm-hmm. It was all one long storyline, just different parts. Is that like a Batman thing? Yeah, I see a Batman oh. earthquake. But um, good. What uh, what other way can you increase sales for an you know an industry that doesn't have any new customers? Is crossover well, doing really good way. books doesn't seem to work. Doesn't work. <laughs> the crappy books featuring old characters that were good at one time seems to work. Well, that that's that, that's the thing is that there's a there's a distinct sales pattern in that. You slap a crossover label on the cover of the book, and sales go up. You know the 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 actual creative team doesn't seem to matter anymore. Well, I think it can. It just isn't as profitable. When was the last time you there? Like, let's take a book like, you know, like a book that's been going on for a while, and then you heard that this creative team was going to go on it, and the sales went up because of the creative team. They don't. They stay and, the same. Exactly. Exactly. Is, it, is that always true, though? Yes. I mean, it is. sometimes it's not. Yeah. When they bring I mean, on, they may somebody, blip up, they, but they, somebody... they end up, they end up evening out. Yeah. When they bring somebody it... new to like JLA or something like that, when they bring somebody big, I'm sure it makes a difference. When I bought, when Wolverine was was written by Greg Rucka, I bought that. Yeah, but this right, but we're talking about single digits here. I mean, ultimately, it's it's not. There's no. There's no great change in characters. I mean, the the sales and numbers are there. Like, like what what was the example? I was. I, I I heard Peter David talking about um, Incredible Hulk and how he had that great run on Incredible Hulk and then he left and then Bruce Jones was on it. The same numbers. And, and everybody was screaming to get Bruce Jones off of Hulk and put Peter David back on, so he came back on the book and they, Bruce Jones quit and the numbers didn't change at all. I thought that the Bruce Jones uh, arc was like really highly regarded. In the beginning, In the beginning it was. In the beginning it was really, really good yeah. and then it got awful Apparently it didn't, on it, a dime. Yeah, it didn't go I, out I dropped well. it. It was terrible. Yeah. He kind of went out on a bad note. The first, the first year was really good, but then bad, bad. But the point, the point of this is that Peter David came back on, and nobody cared. Yeah, it's right. not that nobody cared. Everybody kept on buying the book, but nobody else came to it. You know? it's, well, because there are Hulk fans, and the Hulk fans bought the book regardless. Well, in a completely like, I was reading an article. I was reading. This has nothing to do with comics, but in the same like, I was reading an article about uh, John McRae from Cake, and he was saying when they released their last album last year that. He goes, I don't know if there's any point in this right now because I'm going to sell the same number of albums. There's Cake fans. There's not going to be any new Cake fans, but the ones we have will always keep buying them. It's the exact same thing. Well, yeah. Where, you know, like, there are Peter David fans. And then there's your X-Men people. Are there new X-Men people? Like, is is it, like, will eventually the readership of X-Men die off? Yes. No, I don't think so. I think as, as 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 long as Wolverine's on everything, I don't think it'll ever die off. Eventually, in 50 years, when they all actually die, then they will die off. That's my that, like, like literally. Are they adding new readers? No. Right, but but so are they. But but Superman's no, readership will never he's go down. Just an example. It's it's right. Every. I'm sorry, I got a little sensitive around you. Yeah, you start attacking sensitive. the X Men. No, but little... that's well, that's one to me that is a perfect <laughs> example of it because I think that I don't. There are not rabid Superman comic book fans. There are Superman fans like Shaquille O'Neal who has it on his arm, but he's not reading it every That's month. That's true, yeah. But there are rabid X-Men fans, people like you, Ron, yeah. who will buy the books regardless of how crappy they get, or or, or well, Connor I, with Batman. But I think the X-Men people are more... Just the X-Men books, for some reason, like there's, there's a core group of people who buy all the X-Men books. 
but I thought I don't think they're adding any. So eventually, when they all die of inactivity and diabetes, um, aortic blockage. <laughs> Yeah. That's you know what that's that's weak on my part. I'm sorry, yeah. but but seriously, yeah, it, they're not adding any. So what happens? It's an interesting. I mean, it's an interesting thought. I mean, I, I I don't know what will happen. I don't know how long this how long the 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 reputation from you know Claremont's original run in the '80s will last. That's amazing. You know, it, I mean, when you when you look at it, I mean, we give Claremont a hard time and everything, but the X Men would not be where they are right now. I mean, because if you look at it, Spider Man. Su- you know, Superman, Batman, all these characters have been around for a long time, and while the X Men have been around for you know forty years or so, the popularity didn't start until the early '80s, and it's all because of Claremont. So, I mean, that's pretty impressive. Oh, well, it's very impressive. Yeah. No one's no one's saying otherwise. But of course, it's not a free pass. <laughs> Apparently, it's about a twenty-year free pass. <laughs> I mean, well, no. Hey, I've, I've been I've been a big Claremont criticizer when he came back to the books and they relaunched the the X Men books for the fourth time or whatever it was, and, and it was just it was awful. It was unreadable. I mean, like that. That's why that's why one of the reasons why I picked this book is because I was surprised that Chris Claremont was actually able to put a um, comprehensible story in twenty two pa- or thirty two pages and have it actually make sense and not you know take this bizarre left turn that makes no sense. You know, of course, you know, next issue, that's probably what's going to happen. But, you know, that, I mean, it was it was a return to old form in that regard. So so, so what what are you going to do about Iceman? Is he going to get a new job or? I think Iceman's going to go back to being an accountant. <laughs> <laughs> because there was, there was a time when Iceman was an accountant. In uh, the mid-80s, after he quit the Defenders and before X-Factor formed, he was working as a CPA on Long Island. They really hate Iceman. Uh, the poor guy can't catch a break. He can't get a girlfriend. He it's just it's it's bad. <laughs> but he's but so hey, he cool. Was t- he was on TV before Cyclops was. So that's that was a joke. As an amazing friend. That was a oh, pun. That was a pun. <laughs> that was a pun. <laughs> hey. Hey. Violated the pun rule. <laughs> I can violate my own rule. So anyway, so Connor, what was your pick for this week? Oh, uh, well, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> everything was sort of mediocre. I guess was the um, pick of the week. Crisis number two. You mean jugs? <laughs> Take your mind jugs out of my bigger week. Oh, I'm sorry. How could you not? I mean, like, I got the Jim Lee cover of Infinite Crisis, and it's like Superman and some boobs. Well, that's why I didn't get this Jim Lee cover of Infinite Crisis. I didn't mean to. I grabbed whichever one was on the top of the stack. Here's why yeah, I did. Yeah, sure. Uh, if anyone cares, um, jugs. Sorry, I didn't I buy like the jugs, jugs cover. <laughs> child. Um. What happened was, you know, there, there seemed in, before this series started, they seemed to be reintroducing the, the multiverse, which I don't think anybody's really in favor of, that I know, which is you too, and um, <laughs> and it also they sort of reinforced that idea in the first issue where the multiverse was going to come back with the reappearance of Superman of Earth Two and, and a bunch of Earth Two characters, and revealing that Power Girl was actually from Earth Two. But now in the second issue, it seems like. Uh, maybe Superman from Earth 2 is going to be the villain of the story. Uh, which is, I thought was an interesting sort of twist. I'm not really sure where, how this is going or where it's going, and I'm not sure if I like it or not, but uh, it's interesting enough sort of left turn, if it is left turn, that that I find interesting. So I don't know. I don't know where this is going. This may really cut down my load of comics if I if it goes really badly. I don't like how they do it. So A year from now, I'm going to be spending a lot less money on comic books. Did you um did you enjoy the brief little Joker 
uh, disrespect. I like the Joker disrespect. That was pretty funny. He's too crazy to join up with the League of Assassins or whatever they called. League of the the super villains. Super villains. Or whatever. He hasn't been around the much. Injustice Gang. Good. Yeah. No, not the not what Legion are they of Doom. Themselves? Are they actually calling themselves the villains? No, Secret Society. Yeah, something like that. That's what it is. Yeah. But I mean, <laughs> if if they turn Superman into the villain, then that's pretty cool. Yeah, that would be cool. Um. So we'll see. I don't know. Everything else is kind of. Mediocre. Gotham Central was good, but uh, wasn't great. Because it was part of the crossover? No, I mean, it was good character stuff, but it was sort of a, you know, there's not really... Gotham Central's usually broken into, like, four-part case stories, but uh, this was just sort of a standalone issue, so... Was it was it, was it it one of them or both of them writing? It was just Rucka, and it's Steve Lieber on art. Oh. Well, Queen and Country combo. reunion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My other pet peeve from the week is... Um, Teen Titans featured Jason Todd, which I'm not even going to get into because we don't have time for that. Um, <laughs> and the, wait, uh, I, I yeah. thought he was dead. Well, let's let's just not do let's just not go down this road. But uh, he goes to confront the new Robin. Jason Todd is the old Robin. For anyone who doesn't know, he's the one that died, the one that we Robin the, the one that we killed in the '80s. Um, we killed him for a reason because he was a bad character, and now he's back. Uh, he goes to confront the new Robin in a fit of jealousy, sort of, and he's wearing the, the old suit. So that's part. That's point one. Point two is the new Nightwing on the cover is um, Dick Grayson in the, in the Robin suit. And both of them are drawn wrong. How, how are they drawn wrong? The Nightwing cover has the little Robin um, buckles down the chest that go down only as far as the new costume buckles go. And in... Teen Titans, it's not drawn wrong, but it's colored wrong. The color is colored, the cape, like the new cape. And at one point, colored is his legs yellow, which pisses me off because, first of all, that's editorial oversight. That's just, how do you not see that? Second of all, this, this is like an iconic superhero costume, and how, how does anyone not know how to draw that? That's a professional comic book artist, is beyond me. I, ser- I seriously don't know whether to applaud your fandom or question your obsessive compulsive disorder. I, well, I wonder if it's just if it's just revisionism. Like, they think, God, it really doesn't look modern anymore. No, so but this has happened in the past where uh, they've had, like, a flashback to the old Robin, and it's colored like the new suit. And it's it's just like, what is the editor doing? Right. What is the fun- what is the job of the editor if not to catch mistakes like that? That's a good point. And does the colorist even look at what he's coloring is my other question. Just annoys me. That stuff annoys me. It's just that that's an obvious detail. It's like, uh, you know, we're not talking about, uh, like, Blue Devil his suit from the 70s. I forget how that looks. This is, you know, this is Robin. Just so. bravo on that one. <laughs> Jeez. Um, a little annoyed. To, a little annoyed last night. To, spe- to, um, to go back to Infinite Crisis for a second, mm-hmm. um, Connor, what did you think of the whole um, Superman, the gray-haired Superman talking about why this universe was bad and how all, basically, it seemed to be a kind of a in-continuity dig at grim and gritty comics. Right, that's 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 a little worrying. It's sort of like, um, well, cause because until the last page where it sort of seems like Superman's going to be the villain, it's, the whole issue seems like a commentary on uh, comics that aren't silver agey, sort of light and happy and all the heroes are good and they'll never do anything wrong. Um, which, well, as I was reading it, sort of washed with dread that this is how they were going to end up going after this was all over, and uh, thinking about how I would spend all the extra money I would have for not buying all the DC books that I buy now. Um, is, is Jeff Johns the architect of this? He's the writer of this issue. 
the architects I are think... Jeff Johns, Greg Rucka, Judd Winnick, and um, and Didito, right, or whatever his name is. Yeah, they, they sort of they've been coming up with the story for the last couple of years and sort of planting the seeds. And now it's coming to fruition. Um, I gotta trust them that they're not going to return to the Silver Age. I mean. Well, they can't, but they could. I mean, it could be a strategy to say, like, how do we differentiate differentiate ourselves from Marvel? And it didn't work well. I mean, Marvel, that's that's the whole reason why they got rid of the Silver Age crisis to begin with, because Marvel was kicking their ass sales-wise, because the realistic realistic heroes were more relatable than Boy Scout Batman. Now they've gotten too real. Right, so now now I'm worried. I don't know. It could go either way. I, I... I'm hoping it's this is just a ruse to turn the, the Earth's two people into villains. But uh... well, this is really interesting though because you have on one hand me as a born and bred Marvel guy dealing with the the House of M crossover, which shook up the universe. But it's not like I'm not worried about it, you know. And then on the other hand, Connor, you're a born and bred DC guy, and this is actually kind of screwing with your whole perception of this whole of the whole line. It's of true. I mean, if if it. Uh... Let's, I mean, let's face it, the Silver Age had its time and its place and its cultural relevance, and it's just not that way anymore. If it comes back, it's going to be just, it's going to be a joke. Um, I don't know. I wonder how um, Power Girl's jugs fit into the Silver Age kind of approach to comics. <laughs> Inappropriate. Which, by the way, I mean, the the art on Infinite Crisis was by Phil Jimenez, who, as you guys know, is one of my favorite guys. Right. Um but and he had all those years on Wonder Woman where you know and he and he has this reputation of draw, drawing women so well, and Power Girl just looks awful. Look, Power every... Girl has really big boobs. What are you gonna do? Right. No. But but the thing is, I've seen him drawn before, and the way he drew them, they're just like maybe they're realistic, and maybe that's what I'm questioning or whatever. But they just seem weird. I don't know. Something doesn't seem right. I don't think they're real. <laughs> <laughs> Power Girl has implants. She's had some work done. Yeah. She has Kryptonian just... implants. Those things. They say you don't want those to leak, though. <clears throat> <laughs> you know, you don't want to go swimming with somebody with leaking Kryptonian implants. Because um, you're going to come out of that pool changed. I actually <laughs> thought about uh, his art while I was reading it. Uh, he sort of, when he came up, he sort of had the reputation of somebody who aped George Perez. And yep. he sort of, he, after a while, developed his own style, but he seems to be, maybe it's intentional because it's the Crisis, and it's sort of the sequel to Crisis on Infinite Earths, but seems to be back to sort of aping George Perez. Yeah, like the really detailed pages. Like really and, complicated yeah. page layouts. And yeah. I have, to admit, I have to say, I like his draftsmanship, but I stopped buying Wonder Woman because I couldn't follow it. Yeah. Mostly because I don't think his writing is very good, but it's also because his, his art was getting way too complicated to follow. Right. That's sort of the problem here, too. Yeah, but he's a hell of a guy. So. I like him. I like him a lot. I mean, I like his art a lot. It's just I think it's, it's, yeah. it's slight, slightly to this side of too complicated. He will talk your ear off when you're getting a sketch. <laughs> to the point of stopping the sketch just to watch the trailers in the booth that are on TV and ask you if you saw the movie. Well, look, if you're there for ten hours, what are you else going to do? Yeah, I know. Yeah, I can't blame him. I can't blame him at all. Anyway. Josh, you didn't buy any books, did you? <laughs> hey, go ahead. Cluck why why, why do we keep you around again? <laughs> I'm the voice of dissent. Right. <laughs> so what do you think about all this stuff, then? <laughs> I think it's all pretty. Um, I don't know. I mean, I like. I don't. I don't like crossovers. Just because I was always annoyed at having to buy more books. I mean, I know that's their point. Like, but I. I always like. I just feel like if if they want you to buy books, they should make them really good, not trick you into buying them by making it all part of one story that you won't know the whole of unless you do that. Right. So like, well, there's something underhanded about it that I've never ever liked. 
but they they have gotten to a point now, at least with with um, the Infinite Crisis and with um, uh, House of M one, where they had the main book, but you, they had these other off shot off shooting books that you could buy if you wanted to, but you could get the main book and still go read along with the story. Yeah, you know. So I mean, I, I feel as if they they've considered that. I think Infinite Crisis is is readable without any of the ancillary books. I loved uh, the one, the Meltzler one. I actually read that, which is the oh, only one I'd read in Identity a long time. Crisis. Identity Crisis. That's the one. Sorry. Yeah, but that was a standalone. That wasn't a crossover. Well, it was started a, a thing that was a crossover, didn't it? Yeah, that's the, that's what started Connor's Nightmare. Yeah, and it was, and that was excellent. I really enjoyed that, but but I only read those. I didn't buy any, and I even bought I think the first issue of whatever it was that followed that. See, I don't even remember what I read anymore. Uh, no, I bought the first issue, whatever it was, the one that that followed it, and I was like, <laughs> it, it's one where Blue Beetle died. Right? Right. That was the countdown to Infinite Crisis. No, it wasn't Blue Beetle. Was it Blue Beetle? Yes. Yes, yes. Yes. Jeez. Yes. <laughs> no. The guy in the blue costume with the Beatles. That's why I have you two here. You're for that. I'm the... I've... You're the what? You're the what? I don't know. I'm the other one. <laughs> <laughs> what were you going to buy this week had you gone to buy comics? Hang on. i got to look it up. <laughs> oh, this is good. Oh. I know. I sent them an email like they're waiting for me. But it's just really far away and it was raining this week. And when it rains yeah, in no, LA... Ju- Despite Josh's ambivalence, he does have a comic book store issue that that he gets a free pass on. So, and it's going to be over. Right. I mean, like starting 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 in two thousand six, things are going to change. <laughs> have, have you have, have you picked your new store? Did you did you There's nail a place one down up the road from me that's very close. It's not quite on my way home, but uh, it's a good store from what I know. What's it called? Uh, I don't remember. It's that one that's <laughs> do, on Olive. Do you know anything today? Do you know Do you know people who shop there? Or? No, but I've been in there browsing a couple of times, and they have a they have a respectable uh, organizational system, and they have nice. a good indie section. Does your buddy Joe go there? No, he goes to Meltdown okay. and Sunset, uh-huh. which is a really good store. But I'm not going into Hollywood for nobody's business. <laughs> See, I would bought Gotham Central 37, uh, 100 bullets 66, but I am this close to stopping that that 100 bullets because it's annoying now. It's just not even. I don't even know what's happening. I don't know who anyone is. I don't care. Like, 100 bullets was supposed to go 100 issues, which I've now learned is too many friggin' issues. Sandman only went 70-something. And, and the- 100 bullets, my friend, is no Sandman. Uh, why the Last Man came out this week. That would have been your pick, probably. Probably. Walking Dead. I'm not on issue of that, though. Uh, there's another one. Let's see. I don't know. That might be it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think there was three, but I'm only seeing the two. Don't break your bank. Why not, jeez? I'm I'm abs- I'm completely broke. Not that anybody cares. <laughs> I get paid monthly, and it's hurt. Well, hey, you know the 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 revenue starting to roll in from our um, advertising. Yeah, on click the site, on the so. banners. Yeah, click on the banners right now. We we can we can buy Josh one comic, <laughs> but not gas. As long as. There. As long as it's one of the two ninety nine ones, not one of the fancy three ninety nine ones. Well, if you bought I've him one comic, out, that would increase his load by thirty three percent. I've put I've put I've put it in the pick of the week before. I've written. I've said, if anybody knows something really good, I should be reading. Tell me, and no one ever has. I don't know anything that I that's out there that I should be reading, because I don't think you guys are. I mean, tell me if you're reading anything weekly that is is really good. See, I think that, the stuff that I read that you would like that's that uh, is not. Sort of the mainstream is stuff I buy and trade paperback, so it's not weekly. Right, and and admittedly on a weekly basis, partially due to because I'm not spending as much money either. I'm not taking that many risks on the weeklies. 
Well, yeah, I, I'll take I'll take a risk on a trade after reading reviews and stuff like right, that. Yeah, if, if it's something good I've read about, I'll buy the trade. Yeah, I mean, I feel like buy, buying a single issue is like a commitment. It's like it's like saying, okay, you know, I watch Smallville every week. I'm going to buy this comic every week. I'm going to do this every week, and and it takes a lot to commit to a book. So. You don't have to. That's what the that's why they sell an issue form because you can read it and go, hey, this sucks. I don't want to buy anymore. True, yeah, but I but I, I see it as an investment, and also like I can't just drop issues here. Like I like if and we've had this argument before. If there's an awful, you know, like I didn't drop X Men during Scott Lobdell's years. Um, because I wanted every issue, so even though no, even though how bad they got, I was still buying. You are their favorite my kind of customer. Exactly, I know. I, I totally admit that. Yeah, I, bought, so I bought Batman through the Larry Hammer debacle. Oh God! I, you know what? I even think I made it through there the, with the with the killer whale villain. Yes, but we came out on the other side with Ed Brubaker, which is why I God, that was awesome. Yeah. See, so you, you see, the thing is, is that everything is cyclical, and every comic will you know suck at some point, and it'll get good at another. But point, so. had you not bought those Larry Hama issues. Your life would be no different. You would have missed nothing. You would have saved three dollars an issue. I mean, there's nothing to happen. And it's not ever going to refer to again. The only thing that that gets you is that your quote run was not complete, which exactly. doesn't really matter in any stretch of the imagination unless you're and, going and to sell it. And it's not like they it's not like they were going to cancel Batman because everyone stopped buying it because Larry Hammond was on it. Yeah, I would yeah, feel like shot. It might have gotten him off sooner. Right. God, that was just painful. So anyway, so if you have any suggestions for comics that we should be reading, uh, or if you have any comments about the podcast or want to share us, you know, your thoughts, uh, you can email us at, email us at contact at ifanboy dot com. Um, and you can go check out Ron's actual review of Decimation House of M the day after number one at the website. The longest is, title ever. Which is an actual, <laughs> yeah. And if you read it, feel free to tell us what you thought of it. Um, and also come to ifanboy dot com to check out the latest in comics news and conversation around comics by us and occasionally non-comics conversation uh, we usually yeah. just talk about comic book movie gossip really <laughs> pretty much <laughs> we should we should almost convert into a comic book movie site because we talk about movies so much well I mean Newsroom has got that covered yeah you know, they want to do an interview with uh, Igor let them <laughs> please let them <laughs> don't come to my house <laughs> you frighten me and my children I don't have children um, so you thank you of. very much to all of our new subscribers. <laughs> yes, thank you. Yeah, um, for those of you listening, you probably know this already, but we are available on iTunes now, um, and we're going to be available on some other podcast services, so you can subscribe and get updated when we have new uh, uh, broadcasts put out. Or drunken ramblings, as the case may be. Take your pick. Bye bye. All right, have a good week. <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> it's amazing what audio editing will be able to do. Wow, we're gonna have to because that was a bit of a ramble.